The Pope's Exorcist features the iconic Italian actor Russell Crowe, riding his holy water just up moped to do battle with the forces of darkness. They took his crucifix and his gun, but damn it, he's gonna crack this case. Welcome everyone to the Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me as always with a moustache this time is Tim. <laughs> hey, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if I think you're so good a podcaster, and uh, in fact, I don't think you could even a podcast into this pig. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If you've not seen the movie we were about to talk about, you'll have no idea why Tim said any of that. Maybe, I mean, okay, maybe you get there's an Italian accent involved because we're dealing with the Pope, but um, yes, yes. Uh, Russell Crowe's getting an Italian accent in this. We're here today to talk mm-hmm. about The Pope's Exorcist here on our horror movie podcast. This is your, your back half of September episode. Uh, this is the cam before the October Thun storm, I guess we'll call it that. Can you feel it? The the streets are eerily quiet, just waiting for the uh, <laughs> the uproar <laughs> to begin. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had a list of movies to work through that obviously we didn't get to while mm-hmm. Tim was on paternity leave, which he still, I mean, he yeah. still kind of are, but we're starting to record a bit mm-hmm. more now. Um, but, you know, Pope's Exorcist was one of the things on the list. And mm-hmm. Tim messaged me the other day, and with, with no context, just said, I'm practicing my Italian accent. <laughs> and I said, why? <laughs> and he said, because I watched The Pope's Exorcist. And that was his way of telling me that we were mm-hmm. about to do The Pope's Exorcist. So we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before spoilers. This is a movie where Russell Crowe plays an exorcist who works directly under the Pope. Um, mm-hmm. And the movie does treat it like he is, like, the rogue cop but the captain of the precinct really appreciates him but everyone else thinks he's like outdated and mm-hmm. all this evil nonsense is a bunch of hocus pocus that's the premise of the movie yeah i don't know if you're like uh me but i assume that this was like oh like the the pope gets possessed by a demon and yeah. they have to call an exorcist yeah, you, you it's know, like, oh that's not it <laughs> you know tim i did think it was going to be something along those lines i was very surprised when it cut to this american family moving into a house and i went wait a minute what's happening why is this such a normal exorcism movie <laughs> um yeah so we'll get into everything um the 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 premise other than what i already said is that this american family which is a single mom well i say single a widowed mom and Mm -hmm. two kids teenage girl and a a younger boy move in to this abbey that they've inherited from her late husband and she's having it worked on so they can sell it and the the family's staying there Mm -hmm. and would you believe it some ancient (laughs) evils unlock and possesses the young boy uh, which mm-hmm. leads to, of course, the Pope's top man, the one, the one, po- the one exorcist <laughs> the Pope could trust to get the job done, is on the case. <laughs> this Russell Crowe on his moped, who drives a moped all the way from Rome to Spain. <laughs> which I'm not saying you can do. You technically, mm. it's possible. It just doesn't seem like the most efficient 
way of yeah. doing things. Okay. Especially when you're dealing with an issue of like, <laughs> oh, th like this family is in dire need of your help. Like, there's no one else that can help them. Like, this ancient evil has awoken. It's like I'll be there in uh, you know five weeks. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was like a ferry, so you can sort of skip France and you just sort of take the ferry and the bike across to uh, mm -hmm. to Spain directly from Italy. That seems like yeah. something that might exist. Yeah, Maybe. <laughs> that famous, the famous French uh, ferry that you used to skip France. <laughs> yeah, why would it be called the oh, French no. ferry if it's if it's going from Italy to Spain? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's the that's the the basic gist of the film. Honestly, the mm -hmm. main thing I knew about this when it came out, I never saw a trailer. I don't think. All I saw was this one photograph a Russell Crowe <laughs> in his black robe on a moped and he was going round a corner with his hat on like he was in an action movie. It was like, it was like he was like the, the Pope's Jason Bourne. Like he was going round the corner. Um, and I did not expect that that is literally just his vehicle in this movie and he rides it mm -hmm. all the time. The, the, but the opening of the movie is him riding this, this moped down a mm -hmm. country road, taking him mm -hmm. home. Sweet Mama, Carolina, West Virginia, <laughs> something, something. Because um, to, to like, we get like a little mini exorcism at the start that sets up what he does. And then, you know, we get into the plot of the movie. Yeah. So I guess I'll just ask the question. Tim, what did you think <laughs> of The Pope's Exorcist? Uh, so I'd actually been wanting to watch this uh, for a while. And I, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I want to say... This came out like earlier in the year. It might have, I, I could be wrong, but I, I want to say it might have been like around February ish, which you know would have been right when my daughter was born. Um, and I was still kind of playing with the idea of like, mm, should I see this? Um, <laughs> well, you're sitting, sitting but, in the hospital, your wife's giving birth, and you're thinking, you know what? She's going to go pop for a couple hours. I, I'm going to head out and see the Pope's exorcist <laughs> while she's in writhing pain. <laughs> Well, it's not like I'm doing much by being there, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so I missed out on it. But I actually had some friends that say, you know what, this movie actually kind of rocks. Like, it's actually secretly, like, uh, a lot of fun. And um, it's one of those things where, yeah, like, I was a little incredulous. I was like, ah, I, I don't see how this can be a good movie. Um, but, yeah, lo and behold, I kind of dug this, like, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a good movie. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's so the, I, I'd say there's two things at play here. Like on the one hand, you have uh, this uh, exorcist or uh, exorcism possession storyline, which is very generic. It's pretty much like the same. Uh, it, it basically possession. does. Yeah, like a lot of the things that it does in the course of its possession story. Mm -hmm is just take a thing that was in The Exorcist and do it with more CG. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's their with, gimmick. Uh, with, I mean, no offense to anyone involved, but, like, with... Yeah, like, definitely people that maybe are not as... Uh, to the degree uh, of, of filmmakers and, and stuff <laughs> that were involved in, in The Exorcist. No offense, of course. I'm, I'm sure whoever directed this is watching this review, but... Um, but <laughs> yeah, Julius. But yeah, so... So if the movie was just this kind of possession plot line, it would be such a snore, such a, a painful thing to get through. But what elevates this to, yeah, kind of a hoot, uh, is that 
the the Russell Crowe part of it, it's like, like you said, like it's like kind of like a, it's like a cop movie, like a, it almost it feels like a buddy cop movie where like, yeah, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah. the the Pope likes him, but like the other like bishops or or whatever actually don't. So is he, he is kind of like this rogue <laughs> exorcist that's like, you know, there might as well have been like a scene where they're like hand in your crucifix, like you're like, you know, you're over the line, <laughs> like. Um, they, but, they basically and, have that scene early on where there's like a, there's like a committee <laughs> hearing where there's all these priests lined up and you're like, yeah, you're endangering people with your, you're touching too much property damage. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know, like, so every part with like Russell Crowe was just a, a hoot because, and he, and he also feels like he absolutely loves this character because, yeah, I think he was like heavily promoting this movie and I, I think he, <laughs> yeah, like really uh, seemed to enjoy it. Like it must have just been really fun for him or, or something, I, I assume, because, yeah, he's chewing the scenery, but it's just so entertaining to watch. Like he's making all these corny jokes, but again, it's like, you know, this fun kind of like, you know, like if you're watching an action movie and these cops are making dumb one liners or stuff and then like the, there gets into uh, some ridiculous plot lines that are so stupid that they kind of make me laugh so i oh. i was pleasantly surprised uh at you know the the kind of so bad it, it's good kind of fun uh that i had this movie that i wasn't fully expecting yeah I, I yeah i think it's fair to say that there's a good portion of this that does veer into so bad it's actually kind of amazing i don't know like i, I think my jury is out a little bit and if it's enough to actually say this is definitely something I recommend as a so bad it's good movie. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely bits in between where it's a bit more generic or, um, you know. Oh, definitely, like, yeah. You know, and the, the entire third act is full of just nonsense CG excess <laughs> stuff. And some yes. of it goes so far that I started finding it funny. But there's definitely like a middle <laughs> period where it's just kind of bad. And then it goes so bad that it's like, oh no, can they all entertain? <laughs> you've pushed <laughs> exactly, me over yeah. the line. You've, you've, you've put me into a, a, you know, you've pummeled me into submission. <laughs> um but like i like this movie opens with our our titular exorcist on, on a moped riding to this little farmhouse and he goes in and it starts out you know he's he's talking to the families like, okay what's wrong with the boy and they're like oh he's speaking english which i actually thought was a fun little like because <laughs> normally it's english speakers who are saying oh he's speaking latin all of a sudden this was no no this is a non-english speaker speaking english all of a sudden this is weird um but like you say, the the line you opened, or you kind of paraphrased at the start of this, where mm-hmm. he finally says something, because it's all subtitled at first, and then he finally says something in English, and one of the first things he says in English is, I bet you cannot p- possess this pig. And he, he has another priest bringing a pig, and this pig is just sitting in the room. And he's like, go on, you can't, you a shit demon, you can't possess a thing. Uh. And like the, the possessed, you know, kid is like, is like totally banging to like, oh no, sir, I totally can. Like, uh-uh. I'm like am I watching like something, is this scary movie seven that I've accidentally started watching? What's going on? And then, yeah, it's such a weird tonal movie. So the director of this is Julius Avery, who directed mm. Overlord which actually makes a lot of sense when oh. I think about a couple of the excessive things towards the end of this. And oh, totally, all, yeah. I can, all I can think is, is they gave Julius Avery like a normal possession movie and he's not interested <laughs> in that. And he's like, I'm going to find a way to put ridiculous over-the-top splatter into this because that's what I want to do. Because I liked yeah. Overlord. You know, I thought Overlord was mm-hmm. a fun, uh, you know, a war zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um and then this is all over the place tonally uh so mm. I, I i can't say it's good it is definitely not a good movie in fact it is laughably bad a lot 
Occasionally it's intentionally <laughs> funny. Although, I will say that. There's, there's a few times where it's intentionally funny. But there's also a lot of times where I don't think it is intentionally funny. Um, <laughs> and also, you get an F. I don't care what your tone is. If you do the CGI version of like, the mouth opening wide on someone, like yeah. instant, <laughs> instant heat from me. I'm so sick of that shit. But yeah. I can't deny that I was laughing a lot of the time mm-hmm. and there is some entertainment value to be had intentional or not it may be mm-hmm. did it restore your faith in the catholic church oh definitely not <laughs> <laughs> if this is how they run their operation i i've got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of criticisms <laughs> what's, what's so funny about it as well is that there's a moment because it there's like you know there's like the opening scene and then there's some stuff with mm-hmm. Russell, and then it's like he's introducing the family there's all the stuff at the start and it does that for quite a bit and then there's a bit right towards the end of that section where I noticed the teenage daughter had like a Walkman, like a cassette Walkman. And I went, wait, mm. is this a period piece? And then the next shot, which is a good 15 minutes out of the movie, finally comes up saying 1987. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I guess it's 1987. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so, you know what's funny uh, is, uh, yeah, I, I the same thing. But then like, I also... Um, I think like right before this, I also watched uh, the latest Transformers movie, and I think I had the same thing where I was like, <laughs> "Wait, like, like, like halfway through a song, I was like, wait a minute, is this like supposed to take place in the past?" <laughs> or like, <laughs> <laughs> what the kid with the Power Rangers T-shirt in the first five minutes didn't give you a hint? <laughs> Everything is retro now. Like they, like uh, I don't know, yeah, my, yeah. my son wears T-shirts that look, you know are designed to look like they came out before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you're buying him those shirts though so that's your fault that is true <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not like he's taking the credit card and be like i'm going on a shopping spree i'm, I'm, I'm doing what i want <laughs> yeah he's like he's like daddy what's a nintendo i'm like shut up and wear wear this <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so yeah i mean like what, what is there to say russell crowe <laughs> is hamming it up it <laughs> does feel like he's having fun but it's also not necessarily a good performance so mm-hmm. i mean take what you want from that the rest of the cast are kind of like weird because I, I feel like most of the rest of the cast are are cast as if they're playing it straight as if this is just a straight oh, horror absolutely. movie yeah um and i feel like the family Except for the pope himself i i feel like i feel like the yes. pope is having some fun too <laughs> yeah he's, he's got a bit of sense of humor i feel like the family though the mom and the two kids mm. i feel like they feel like they're out of a g- generic horror movie and what's so weird about it is that this movie like will forget about them for like long stretches where we're just following oh, the priests. Um, and then even like in the third act, like it feels like they kind of wrap up the family stuff, and then the real climax can happen with yeah. just the priests. It's such a yeah, it's such a weird movie in terms of where its focus is sometimes, but uh, uh, worth mentioning. Um, oh God. What else do you even say about this without going to spoilers so we can actually talk about all the crazy shit? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like the majority of this episode is going to be talking about uh, some of the wildness of it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not even sure. Um, I thought the movie looked okay. Like, uh, like uh, a lot of the special effects, like I, I thought were cheesy, but like I don't know. The, I like I like the look of the, you know, the house that they were in. You know, it's like run down, the kind of thing, and like um, it's always nice to. Yeah, have a movie that's not just, you know, uh, taking place in America and stuff. I was like, I was really getting the, 
the European vibes yeah, from it. But we get an Australian <laughs> doing an Italian accent. <laughs> Although most of the movie is actually set in Spain, because uh, that's where the, the family have moved into. Uh, so yeah. he, he's sent on assignment like a like an expendable from from, from Italy to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> does the catholic church have their own suicide squad is that <laughs> what's going on here? given that suicide is a sin i feel like that would be a lot contradictory but <laughs> uh dear they have the repentant uh squad yeah oh there you go it's such a very catchy name yes Just rolls right off the tongue well you know it's what it is uh so <laughs> oh you make your we make our jokes but honestly mm. one of the final scenes of this movie is kind of like setting up a franchise where it's like oh absolutely yeah hey you've stepped into a larger world of mm-hmm. uh of exorcists so you know this is now going to be the marvel cinematic universe of exorcisms <laughs> you know like sometimes at the end of the movie they'll be setting something up and you're like oh like i i think they might be doing a sequel or oh i think they might be doing like a trilogy this sets up oh i think they might do 200 more movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the only uh exorcism or demon movie i've ever seen where it says this is the exact amount of demons that exist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's precisely 200 and at the end of the movie not to spoil anything but there's 189 more to go <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, let's just give the spoiler warning. Let's get into it because, like, I feel yeah. like we're, we, I don't know what to say without just talking about the craziness. So, spoilers for the Pope's Exorcist from this point on. I think instead of uh, spoiler territory, we should we should this section should be like uh, the confessional. Oh yeah, do you have anything to confess, Tim? Before we start spoilers. Uh, forgive me, Peter, for I have sinned. Uh, it's been 380 days since I watched my last Leprechaun movie. <laughs> I... <laughs> uh, I have nothing to confess. I'm perfect. All right. So <laughs> the movie. So like I say, there's, there's, there's this sort of mini exorcism at the start, right? And I thought I thought it was doing the last exorcism thing where it's like, oh, most of these are fake. And he knows they're fake, and he actually goes out of his way to try and disprove it. You know, he tries to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, does does your son watch TV? Did he pick up English from that?" He tries to, like, you know, he, he tries to debunk like all the yeah. things that they're saying that he's doing. Um, because, which, to be fair, it's just good science. You 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 rule out all the possibilities before you settle on he's possessed with a demon. Mm-hmm. That's and, just good science. Yeah, yeah. But he he's talking <laughs> he's talking in Italian or Latin to the to the possessed like kid. Uh, and when I say kid, this guy's like a teenager. He's you know he's a bit older, no. uh, but he eventually his plan is to he's like oh you're not that powerful you can possess me you can possess this other priest behind me I bet you can mm-hmm. even possess this pig <laughs> right and it turns out his plan here is to goad the demon but and I say kind of because there's obviously there's a reveal afterwards but mm-hmm. he wants to goad the demon. And to, so the demon will prove that he can possess the pig. So the demon jumps into the pig, and as soon as the demon's jumped into the pig, Russell Crowe gives a nod to the farmer, and he just blasts the pig's head with a shotgun. <laughs> so now the demon's gone because the, the, the pig's dead, and the the, the I hope that wasn't like a family pet or something. Like hopefully it was like a a farm pig that was going to be you know eaten or something. That, that's for like, such hope, a. Hope they didn't waste it. This was such a wild opening, though. Just, just yeah. this, this the, the over the topness of this pig thing, 
And then obviously afterwards, <laughs> he basically reveals that, ah, oh, no, this kid was never possessed. This was all in his mind. This whole mm-hmm. pig thing was just a ruse to give the kid like an out so that the kid could mm-hmm. pretend that it had jumped to something else and now he could move on from it. This was all yeah. psychological and he just played psychology with him. And that's what he says. He, he goes before this board of like, uh, priests who are there to like sort of like assess if he's still useful. They want him to turn in his badge, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Look, ninety eight percent of these things that I go and investigate aren't real, right? Mm-hmm. And in those cases, I try and help them like sort of overcome whatever's causing the delusion or whatever." Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, but the other two percent," and he's like, "In a word, evil." <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I now I did like that they were, you know, because a, a lot of times, you know, like in these like you know, religious horror movies or something, there is like this kind of uh, kind of uh, at least to me, like annoying, like, you know, sense of like, oh, like, uh, yeah, like good and evil, like the angel and devil, they're all real. And like the church is very good and infallible and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is real. So I do kind of like that the movie was taking this approach of being like. Oh no! Like you know, they realize that yeah, a lot of times like possessions and stuff are bullshit and fake, and um, you know it's important to get people mental health, uh, you know, uh, as much as it is to you know whatever do an exorcism or something. So there's a a little bit of a good intention there, but I I, I don't know how well uh, it goes if like yeah after you say that then you're also like all right, but everything else you're gonna see uh, is real. Um, yeah, that was the weird thing about this to me, is that I thought this meant he was going to be very skeptical of the main possession until it was mm-hmm. proven to him, but the demon basically pro- proves it in like 30 seconds, and it's like, okay, <laughs> this is real now, let's take this seriously, and I'm like, yeah. I, th- I thought he was going to doubt it for like half an hour, based on all the skepticism that they were showing mm-hmm. off in the first couple of scenes, but alright, uh, whatever, so. And then, uh, I, I might have feet. to go back, yeah, uh, I might have to go back and rewatch that opening scene too, but the... Uh, I don't know if it's like a little bit of a cheat, but I feel like even though supposedly, the, you know, it, he wasn't supposed to be really possessed, didn't he still have like kind of possessed like makeup and stuff on? Like, didn't he, like, if I'm remembering correctly, I thought he still looked like a little demony. He, he looked, but he didn't have like eyes that changed or anything like that, like the later one did. <laughs> so I guess it was all stuff where he's just dirty, he's just filthy and sweaty and disgusting. <laughs> Well, to me, that is evil. <laughs> yes, sure. Oh, yes, yes. Cleanliness is, uh, of course, very important. Um, so I, I'll just mention this here because it comes up later when the demons like try to like go down with his past. But the reason mm. why he like does all this, like, uh, wh- like, and by does all this, I mean sort of helps the ones that are faking it, is because mm. he sort of still feels this guilt over this young woman that he was sent to help, and he deduced mm. that this was not a real ex- a, a real possession. And he basically said, and this is what he used to do, is he's like, well, this is not a real exorcism. I'm an exorcist, so another priest can handle this and I'm going to leave because this is not my problem. And then this woman ended up committing suicide and jumping off of a, of a building and he blames himself. So that's why he still goes out of his way to help even mm-hmm. when it's not a real possession. So, you know, okay, fair enough. I can't really blame him. I've done that plenty of times at my job. Like, <laughs> someone calls me, like, bitching about you know this or that and it's almost like i'm sorry this is not my department <laughs> transfers and get out of my way <laughs> and then you find out a week later they committed suicide well <laughs> <laughs> I, I sometimes i'll find out later that they complained about me like, okay. to, their, their, uh, to someone else so All right. well, uh, that's not quite as bad so, then it's yeah, similar though uh, i kind of i guess <laughs> 
on the bureaucratic side of things, sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, so that, that's his introduction, and we see him riding his moped a lot uh, with his hat on. He's, 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 he's he loves that moped. Does 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 the Pope's mm. best man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're introduced to the family. Like I say, mother, teenage daughter. Uh, the young boy doesn't speak. I didn't even notice he wasn't speaking until they mentioned it. To be honest, but he's not Me speaking. Me neither. Yeah. Um, and it all kind of happens, and he gets possessed because the uh, workmen who are working on the abbey that they're sort of like renovating and stuff, uh, they're knocking in this wall in the basement, and there's this like seal that they crack, and presumably that's where the evil comes out. Um, this thing's also full of like gas and sulfur, though, because quite early on in the movie, a couple of workmen like crack open a flare to see what they're doing down in this sort of basement area, and. It explodes in their face. <laughs> and all the workmen are like, hey, it's too dangerous to work in here. You have to get a gas expert in to like deal with us first before we can do any of our work. And they all just leave. So that's the workmen done mm. for the movie. They're all gone. I miss them. Were you hoping there was going to be a lot of workmen just being killed <laughs> randomly all across the building whilst the demon stuff yeah. was going on? <laughs> that may have been fun. That may have helped kept the, keep the pacing up, you know? Keep us interested mm. if there was just these bizarre... Uh, workman deaths just every five minutes <laughs> i'm not against it uh there's a local priest yeah. that's introduced here uh what was his name i'm gonna see uh father esquibble sure <laughs> that sounds kind of right i guess uh i feel like we did hear his first name at one point but i don't remember mm. what it was um but uh he he's like the local priest and one of the funniest things that happens, I think, so after after the kid uh, starts like acting possessed and he's talking, and because he's not been talking, like they, they notice that, but he's acting all weird and he starts scratching at his face. They take him to the hospital um, and the doctor's like, there's nothing wrong with him. Here's some like sedatives in case he tries to hurt himself again. And he starts like throwing the sister up against the wall with his mind and stuff. And the kid's just lying in bed <laughs> and he's like, get a priest. And this local mm. priest uh you know esquibble he shows up and he walks in and he immediately comes flying through the door and into the wall and the kid just yells wrong effing priest <laughs> and actually this is the perfect time to bring up that this kid when he's possessed is dubbed this is not the kid's oh, yeah. voice this is a man doing a voice and he sounds not that different to the the voice of venom in the venom movie <laughs> And to be so honest, when we get towards the end of this film and it's Russell Crowe who's possessed for a brief bit of time mm-hmm. and the demon's talking to him, it's actually a very Venom-like moment. <laughs> so do you think that they got Tom Hardy to <laughs> come in for like a quick VO session? Wait, did Tom Hardy voice Venom in Venom? Oh yeah, baby. I didn't know that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah maybe they did maybe tom hardy came in maybe russell crowe called them up asked for a favor maybe maybe they're buddies i don't know <laughs> um yeah this uh man this scene is so funny uh and i, I think this is like uh and, and to, like the... to be fair to it this is a intentional laugh when the yeah like this was flying out the room yeah yeah, like this was kind of like my first hint that like, oh, I think this movie is maybe a little bit more in on the joke than I originally thought. Because like, you know, I was laughing and stuff at, at some earlier scenes, but I didn't necessarily get the feeling that, yeah, they were, uh, you know, uh, purposefully trying to you know, be funny or whatever. Uh, but um, 
yeah, like th this was a, uh, and the way it was directed to was uh, it's just like a really funny like gag. Like it just like it cuts so quick to the the priest flying out that yeah, it, it did feel like yeah something more out of a like a uh, you know goofy comedy or whatever. Um, I will say that man the. I'm not sure if this is intentional, but I thought like the dubbing was so bad on this kid and the way like he was chewing the scenery so much like, oh, yeah, you know, like when when he's talking, like it's not like he's just doing like, you know, mouth movements like that. It's like they, you know, very purposely had him be like, you got like really move your mouth. And be like, <laughs> ah, like, you know, he's like. Uh, which I, I mean, whatever. I Maybe mean, that's how he interprets the, being yeah, possessed even, or whatever. But even the makeup's like super over the top. Like he looks yeah. kind of <laughs> stupid, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and what's so weird is that he spends a lot of this movie lying in the bed, but it's not until really, really late on where they actually tie him to it. Like he's just he's yeah. voluntarily just staying in the bed for like most of the movie. And I'm like, why is he just staying there? It's just because we think of the Exorcist and we're thinking of Linda Blair being in the yeah. bed the whole time. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, like why is it always a bed? And why why is there a crab walk scene? Why is there a scene where someone's head turns 180 degrees? Like, why are you just doing all the exorcist moments? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, when you think of possession, like, you think of the exorcist, and it's very iconic. And, um, but, yeah, like, you know, if you want to maybe, like, do a, a nod to like a, a famous scene or something you, you can but yeah it just it did like every like big beat of the exorcist it was a uh, it's it very surprising i tell you what this uh kid actor though had the best day of his life the day they shot the scene where he get to touch the mom's boob oh sure he he <laughs> cops a feel right i think that's actually maybe before they get russell crowe in but he cops a feel he just has puts his hand on his mom's <laughs> boob and says I'm hungry, mom. <laughs> and he tries to do it a couple times, and she sort of obviously takes his hand away and says, no, 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 don't do that. And then he sends the sister flying. I mean, even before they get the first priest done, to be honest. But it's around this <laughs> section. And it's one of those, like, oh, shit, where are they going with this? Like, are they going to go full on, like, he's being incestuous, well, he's possessed, sort of mm. thing? Um, it never really comes up again. Well, but... I mean, it's, it's not really incestuous for, you know, to breastfeed. Well, no, no. The, but, <laughs> well, hold on. No, I actually would say it is if they're over a certain age. <laughs> the child, not the mother, but to be clear. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, I, I think if a 12-year-old's breastfeeding with their mother, <laughs> that raises some flags. Uh, depending on the situation, yes. I believe there was... Uh, a news story about like a, a woman or something that was trapped uh, with her kids for several days and, and she <laughs> kept them alive uh, by breastfeeding. Well, uh, I mean, that's a pretty extreme scenario to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think the, you know, the female body, it's just, it's amazing that, it, you know, it can produce life and it can sustain life, uh, you know, through feeding. It's beautiful. <laughs> part of nature i'm sorry i'm gonna get teary-eyed if i keep thinking about it i, I thought want it was a beautiful scene between <laughs> a child and his mother he wanted those mummy milkers and uh, of course he did not get them um no <laughs> but yeah you know he's dropping f-bombs like you expect he's doing all this 
Mm-hmm. So they call in the Pope and the priest, uh, you know, Russell Crowe <laughs> gets the, uh, basically gets the mission directly from the pope it's like okay this is mm. this is a serious one this is some really evil we've had some trouble with mm. this location before go on get, get out there and do your thing <laughs> so he rides his moped all the way to spain and mm. shows up uh our, our priest uh as quibel he does know who he is he's heard of him um and introduces him and the mum didn't even ask for a priest. Like, basically, the local <laughs> priest has kind of, like, obviously passed on mm. the information, and the Catholic Church is like, oh, no, 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 that sounds serious. We'd be their best man mm. on it. But the mum didn't actually ask for more, like, help from the church. He just shows up. He's like, hey, let me speak to the boy, and, you know, afterwards I'll give my opinion, and if, you know, you can decide what to do from there. But mm. he goes up and talks to him, and... The kid, like, his eyes, his pupils change very quickly. Mm-hmm. He throws up a red bird, which is a reference <laughs> to Russell Crowe's backstory and the thing he's guilty about. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows his name. That's one of the big things Russell Crowe keeps testing them with, is that, like, oh, like, you don't even know my name. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, this demon does know his name. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, all, all this is set up, and it's like, okay, this is really happening. Um, mm-hmm. and what's so funny is that he tells the mum and sister to get some sleep whilst they try starting the exorcism so we forget mm-hmm. they exist for a while whilst we have the two priests like in doing an exorcism or trying to and then I, I, like halfway through it it just cuts to the sister asleep in her bed and then like mm-hmm. spooky shit starts happening to her and the mum like in the mm-hmm. separate rooms of the house but uh, I tell you what did you like how before they went in to do the exorcism um, he turns to uh, Esquibel and says hey hey uh you need to confess your sins. If you go in there with anything <laughs> unconfessed, you know, you'll use it against you. So confess mm-hmm. your sins. And he kneels down. And he's like, it's been eight months, eight months since my last confession. He's like, eight months? We need to get in there. All right, I'll just, you know, I forgive you for all your sins. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, I thought that was actually a pretty funny joke. Like, it's, uh, you know, we, we were kind of saying before, this is, you know, in the territory of the, you know, so bad that you can't help but laugh. Uh, kind of thing but there were like yeah some you know honest to goodness uh like legitimate like jokes where it's like oh that that's a funny line <laughs> yeah that one felt intentional mm-hmm. uh, and honestly like all the actual like stuff that happens during the because obviously they, they try to do an exorcism mm-hmm. and it ultimately fails um mm-hmm. and I, but i mix this up i think with the later one because they do it again obviously uh once they've regrouped and they come up with and with a better mm-hmm. plan but um obviously it doesn't work it tries to bring up uh, esquibel's past because he had a lover before he became a priest so it starts mm-hmm. saying hey you were effing that whore blah 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 um later on he actually sees a vision of her like naked and like you know say you know saying f me you know <laughs> whatever his name is whatever his first mm-hmm. name is um so all this is going on <clears throat> and they end up having to retreat and helping the family because the the mum and the sister the, the sister gets thrown in a closet and is basically just getting knocked mm-hmm. against the walls, whereas the mom is getting sucked into her bed like there's like a like a, a like a gap that's appeared in the middle mm-hmm. and she's getting sucked into it. Uh, so they they go and have to save them and that interrupts the mm-hmm. the possession. Um, I thought there was um, some like fun stuff here that um, again was kind of cheesy, but it's like you know at, at least there's like you know stuff that's happening that. Um, yeah, you know, it is exciting. Uh and um like and there's some stuff too that I thought oh, this is actually kind of like a, a cool 
things that I, you know, as much as like they rip off the Exorcist and stuff, they did have some stuff that I thought was kind of cool that I, I, you know, at least to me, I, I don't think I've seen before. Like when you're talking about, uh, you know, when he's looking at his eyes and like, you know, these like two demon eyes kind of form like out of it, like it didn't look great because it was like, you know, CGI. Uh, but like as an idea, I was like, oh, that's kind of like a cool, creepy thing like to see on someone it's it's kind of this weird thing where like it goes so over the top that some of it ends up in entertaining like we said but mm. as a horror movie like it's none of it's effectively creepy or scary for the most oh, sure, part sure. because it's <laughs> yeah, so true, yeah. like you know it's one of these movies where it's showing you everything it's not leaving anything mm. to the imagination it's showing you all this crazy shit happening mm-hmm. uh so when you see because because it, it's teased we'll talk about kind of the them discovering everything separate we'll just sort of talk about the exorcism scenes mm. just now but it's this revealed and teased that this demon can actually possess two people at once. So there's a mm-hmm. reveal later on the sister's also possessed. And she starts doing uh, the, the crab walk with CG. She does the head <laughs> twist at one point. Um, but there's a lot of stuff here. Like the the younger priest, uh, Esquibel, he gets like hanged by his, um, you know, his cloak, uh, mm-hmm. like robe. And so he's dangling from the ceiling. That's That's quite you know the end but like all this is going on kind of like concurrently um Mm -hmm. and ultimately the demon wants into russell crowe because if he can get into russell crowe it can then infect the entire catholic church that's what it wants to do (laughs) it wants to which actually so to pivot into like so at one point in the middle Russell Crowe starts looking around and he sees the well and there's like clues that, you know, this is like the seal of the, the, the church. It's like, hey, the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition, like there's like mm-hmm. signs of that. And it turns out when they when they break into this like <laughs> hidden chamber in the bottom and it's like this like, I, admittedly it was later on when it was all lighting up it made me think of this, but it's like a, a puzzle in like one of the God of War video games where when you oh, activate sure. the puzzle you get all these lines of light and stuff. But, <clears> um, it's, it's, it's kind of like a circular room and it's like a skeleton holding a staff and it's like oh this is like mm. this this dude right and mm. basically they discover that for <laughs> a couple of hundred centuries the catholic church was actually doing the bidding of a demon who was trying to like <laughs> do the most awful things possible whilst in charge because he'd possess someone mm-hmm. like high up in the Catholic Church, and that's what led to the Spanish Inquisition and everything bad the Catholic Church did for a couple of centuries. <laughs> and I'm like, this is well, it's wild. The part of the script is mm-hmm. using real history of the Catholic Church and saying, yeah, all that bad stuff that happened, that was actually Satan. That, that was satan doing that yeah and now he wants to do it again no or maybe not satan specifically but this demon mm. wants to do it again so he wants to get into russell crowe and spread to everyone else and that's like his thing that's what his goal is for the movie yeah. uh yeah this is really weird uh it's <laughs> like it, it's on, on the one hand like i do think it is uh like such a wild idea that it is kind of funny but then like uh, there is that kind of part of it that's like it does feel a little problematic to be like you know like the the church should be you know very you know held accountable for a lot of the shitty things that it's done uh so it does feel like i don't know <laughs> a little disrespectful to kind of wave your hands and be like well that wasn't our fault like that was uh you know something that demons did but i mean i'm glad that at least they chose something like this that is so far in the past that it's not like 
you know, it's oh, less yeah, offensive yeah. than if they did like you know, more recent stuff. I think or, at one whatever. point there's a small reference to like investigations of like sexual abuse, and it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not like said under that like like umbrella of this is we're blaming Satan for this, but yeah. like Russell Crowe lists a few things that have been going on that are like troubling in the church and like that are putting a strain on everyone, and he mentioned sexual inv- uh, assault investigations, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting for them to like throw that in there. Um, yeah. especially since the movie is inherently pretty silly to be honest so it's kind of weird <laughs> right. to try and tackle big things like that I did appreciate where when he's getting the mission from the Pope mm-hmm. so I'm saying a lot of weird things when I talk about this movie <laughs> but when he's getting the mission from the Pope the Pope points out that yeah all these younger guys in the in the church uh, hierarchy like mm-hmm. we've done our job too well to, and we've beaten so many demons <laughs> with all these exorcisms you've done for me over the years that we've mm-hmm. basically like it's our fault they don't believe it exists. Like, all of this is a myth, and they don't believe evil's real. They think evil's just an idea, because we've done our job too well. Uh, it's like, all right, pat yourself on the back, all right. I'm trying to think of a way to alliterate and say, like... <laughs> uh, it's gone, it's gone, never mind, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, so yes, like so, so we have we have all this. We have we have the the battle for for Earth itself through the Catholic Church, which the demon is trying to infiltrate, and, and uh, whatnot. Yeah, and um, it, it is interesting point that you that you're kind of bringing up about kind of jumping back and forth between stuff because uh, there's like kind of a lot going on in this movie, and and I am having like a little trouble like placing the exact order uh, of events, but. Um, kind of while we are talking about the Pope too, I, I do like his like little, um, kind of side story too, where like it seems like he is also being affected by this, uh, it, it, demon for some reason. It's like he's getting <laughs> he's getting sick and seemingly dying. He's rushed to hospital yeah. because this this demon's getting stronger, but he's fine mm-hmm. at the end of the movie after they've eradicated yeah. it. So he's he's back to a healthy to him healthy self, but. But it's like the if you think about like the stakes of this movie, they're kind of crazy because it's like you know most possession movies are it's just like oh you're fighting for like the soul of like one person. This it's like oh the like it's you know this family is possessed, but also you know it's like this demon is a like king of hell who's trying to possess the entire like Catholic Church, and like the Pope is also like on like possibly gonna die. <laughs> it's like there's a, a lot going on here. <laughs> You will never get my body. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I I did genuinely think at one point they were going to have to call in some plumbers because that Abby will need some plumbing help. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah. But at one point, when the daughter's possessed, she slams her mum's head into the sink, and the sink just completely breaks and shatters. I'm like, Oof. this is like a scene from the Matrix when they're like breaking all the stuff in the, <laughs> to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> surely that's that's at least a concussion. Come on now. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because um, yeah, so how do you go? Oh no, I was just. I mean, we're we're, we're talking about so much, uh, you know, Italy stuff, and then now you're bringing out plumbers. I just, I you know, can't help but think of uh, the Mario Brothers. What what would have happened if? Well, if that was the joke. Yeah, that was the yeah. joke I was going for. <laughs> Italian plumbers. I'm thinking of Mario and Luigi. Um, <laughs> Hey, Luigi could bring his uh, ghost vacuum thing. He'd uh, he'd do all right. Yeah, the Mario movie did so well that you know they're just itching to 
make more movies and spinoffs. And, you know, I, I say give us the, you know, survival horror uh, Luigi's Mansion movie. Like, you know, and don't like, you know, like, like go full R, you know, make it like scary, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the, like it doesn't have to be a kid's movie. Like you can make like you, you can have that be like the horror part of the, the franchise. Yeah. Which, by the way, this, so, like I said, it brings up uh, Esquibel's, like, past with mm. having, like, a lover, right? And mm. taunts him. And then when they're doing the, the big exorcism later on, like, it actually gives him a visual of, like, her, like, taking the, the, the bed sheet down and, you know, she's, like, naked and she's saying mm. F me and all that. Like, that and then later on, after, like, they've dealt with the, the ex, or they've dealt with the demon and the kid, right? And the demon's now in mm. Russell Crowe and Russell Crowe's trying to fight it and he's, like, walking around like Venom's talking in his head. He's like, you're trying to fight me, but you can't fight me. I have control of your body. You felt the exorcist. Right? And they end up down in like the, the secret room, right, with the, the circular runes and all that stuff and the skeleton. He's going for the staff or something. And Esquibel comes back to like uh, get him and try and help him because he doesn't want to leave without him. So the family just leave. Like, See, once the, the kids are like not possessed anymore... They tell them to go away, and they do. They drive off into the night, and we literally never hear from them again. Like, they're just gone. Yeah, honestly, like, this family, uh, they are so non-characters. Like, I I watched this, like, what, two days ago, and uh, for a million dollars, I could not tell you the mother's name. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't tell you any of their name, but, um, yeah, it, they feel very unimportant to the story which is totally fine because uh, again i think they're you know the weakest part like like their whole thing it's just that's the, the kind of generic possession movie that yeah. we don't want to see you know they, 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 yeah they, they feel like they're out of a generic movie whilst all this crazy russell crowe stuff's going on like around them um mm -hmm. it's kind of wild especially since like they'll just like they're just missing for a while whilst yeah. all these exorcism mm -hmm. things are going on they're more involved in the later one but the first one they're just like they're off having a nap it just feels really weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Russell Crowe basically lets the demon take him to let the, to save the kids, right, and to save the other mm. priest. And when he goes down into the, the chamber thing, the thing I was getting to before is that between the other scene where it makes uh, Esquibel see his, like, former lover, like, naked, mm. she then shows up outside of, like, because it's got those, I don't even know what you call them, those, like, Iron Maiden torture chamber things uh, yeah. with the spikes. One of them opens. It's just Iron Maiden. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Um, yeah. and like I think it's his like lover his ex-lover mm. who steps out butt ass naked but covered in blood and all yeah. I could feel was like I feel like you like this movie is just like, just finding reasons for boobs like it's just finding reasons <laughs> to throw in boobs because there was no natural reason for it so they're mm. just they're throwing it in now but bloody boobs too yeah boob. I, I can't believe like so basically the cross or whatever it's the, it's the emblem I think he has gets held up against her when it's attacking mm. him and she basically just starts to bubble and she bubbles and bubbles. It's a CG effect until she just pops like a balloon and it's just this blood splatter. And I'm like, what movie's this from? This isn't from a possession movie. This is from like, like reanimator or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was so effing cool. Uh, I, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's totally like crappy looking. It's like very CGI, but just the fact that um yeah uh a possession like a movie that starts off at you thinking it's going to be the very typical you know kid possessed uh movie and we're in the final act and we have these 
priests that are in like underground chambers fighting demons and exploding them like jesus christ <laughs> it's so it's so uh, fun yeah <laughs> and not only that like, the demon like uh, slams the staff right when oh, i say the demon russell crowe possessed slams the staff mm -hmm. and it's like um all the runes like i was saying they kind of light up because like it's like uh like lava goes into all the cracks <laughs> and they all light up and it reminds me of like a video game puzzle in like a god of war oh, sure, or a sure, tomb yeah. raider where you've solved the puzzle and like this ancient like trap using old technology all lights up but when they eventually like take get the demon out of russell crowe like they're holding their crosses up against them and he ends up in this middle pit and it turns into like all lava but you're getting this like it, it's it's kind of like um it's almost like the end of T2 when the T1000 is trying to like stick its head up through the lava and it's kind of okay. screaming as they're holding their crosses out and like, you know, praying yeah. and chanting and whatever. And they win. This is the weird thing is that I thought this was going to end in like a cliffhanger where like, okay, Russell Crowe's been possessed and like he's going to infect the entire Catholic church. And then 10 minutes later, they've had this epic battle and won <laughs> and the demon's gone. And that leads to a scene at the Vatican where like they're taken to like the secret area where they've got a bunch of people working in all of the ancient texts talking about demons and this guy's like <laughs> i the, forgot about this yeah. <laughs> yeah this guy's like the mission giver and he's like hey like here's the map and here's all the known locations of all these other places where the demons are <laughs> we've got almost all 199 of the remaining demons and russell crowe turns to Escobel and says hey this is a job for two priests let's <laughs> say we get to work and he's like yeah let's get to work and that's basically the end of the movie barring one slow motion <laughs> shot of russell crowe just walking down like the street mm. with like uh, the coliseum behind him and it comes up mm. with text which implies this is based on a real dude but i, I mean i i find this hard <laughs> to believe <laughs> i mean the you know the in, you know based on a true story or a real person like in quotation marks like um yeah, I, I'm sure this guy existed. Um, whether he did all this stuff, I, I don't know. Mm. Um, if uh, you know, if, if there was a, a time when he uh, was with another priest and they exploded a demon, I would uh, very much like to hear it from his own, <laughs> you know, mouth. Um, <laughs> but the it, it is so funny though. The very yeah, like the you know they have the very typical like you know text or whatever that's like oh like blah 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 was a real person that lived from here to here and performed these these many exorcisms and then it's kind of like there's a space uh and it says oh like and he wrote all these books or whatever and then there's a space and like the very last lines are like the books are good <laughs> like the movie's telling yeah. you like well it's a callback like, to the earlier check on the books <laughs> yeah it's a callback to the earlier scene when the uh Esquibel says he's not read his books and he says the books are good oh, yeah. so, so oh, they, sure, they, sure, they sure. do set it up it's a reference to earlier it's not just the weird like yeah, go, yeah. go buy my books. Go, go do that. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, not that he's alive. Uh, by the way, the Pope, uh, I forgot to mention this, the Pope is played by Franco Nero, who you might know as the original Django from, like, the 60s. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, more recently, I think he was, he had a cameo in Django Unchained. Yeah, Tarantino put him in that, so. Oh. Um, yeah, obviously he's an old dude now, but yeah, that's just, mm. that's just a fun thing. Yeah, you were asking about the names of the family. Right, so mm -hmm. the mum is Julia, which I do kind of remember because Escobel says it a couple times. Mm -hmm. um, the kids, though, do the names Henry or Amy ring a bell? 
not at all. No, <laughs> no, they did not for me either. Uh, it's safe to say. Um, but hey, um, yeah, honestly, yeah, the movie is like is kind of wild in places. Um, you know, I, I feel like the middle of it, we've, we kind of glossed over a bit because honestly, it all kind of blurs together. There's a mix of them like exploring like they're in like an uncharted or tomb raider story mm-hmm. in the caves where they're like looking at all the runes and stuff and there's you know the first exorcist before that there's the exorcist that comes after that and when russell crowe gets possessed it cuts to the pope sitting up and going no <laughs> gabriel <laughs> did he spit out a bunch of blood at some point or was that it, him or yeah he spit so there's like during the, like the uh the committee a priest's the youngest one there is like the guy who hates Russell Crowe the most and is constantly like <laughs> sort of talking down to him. Um, he goes to see the Pope when he's in hospital and the Pope like coughs up like a fountain of blood into his face. <laughs> so that's like his comeuppance for being a shithead, basically. Um, yeah, uh, man, this is great. Uh, <laughs> the, I feel like maybe... Like, the movie's not super long. I think it was, like, an hour 40-something. But I, I feel like you probably could have trimmed it down a little bit. Like, mm. like you probably, probably could have gotten this to, like, a really tight, like, 90, 95-minute movie. Um, there's the, the, probably stuff, like, with the family, maybe, in that opening first third or something. can uh, Maybe you can trim that down or, or whatever, since they do feel kind of so important. But uh, I do feel like once... Um, you know, he shows up at, at the house and realizes that the demon is real and everything. Uh, maybe around that time of that, like a, about that first exorcism onwards, I feel like it, it never, you know, it gets pretty like rolling. Like I, I can't really say I was ever bored or anything <laughs> with the movie. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that sequence of events, just in the sense that I felt like I was laughing more in the first third and then I kind of slowed oh, down sure, in the yeah. middle for a bit and then it mm-hmm. kind of ramped back up into silliness towards mm-hmm. the end. But it was definitely mm-hmm. the middle to the sort of early Act 3 where I was maybe at my most bored, I guess. And that's mm-hmm. probably because it was doing all the Exorcist kind of knockoff moments and it was doing the more yeah. generic possession stuff. And it was, <coughs> you know, like the, the mythology stuff was kind of crazy and like, interesting to like hear. Not necessarily mm-hmm. because it was always good, admittedly, more just because it was right. like, you know, crazy what they were suggesting. Um, But it's like, yeah, like, this super bad evils down here and we have to like defeat it um so yeah i don't know i i'm actually i want to check if the uh is the sequel been <laughs> <laughs> green lit i don't know um the, the, there's a bunch of articles but i feel like there's a lot of uh you know like mm. websites will just say whatever um, yeah. The Pope's Exorcist 2 is officially confirmed and in development thanks to the Ooh. success of the first film both in theatres and on Netflix. Uh, oh, nice. Not a lot of details as of yet. So we're going to get a movie with uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe and this Ezkabel character going off to deal with another uh, possession. And I can only imagine now how they're going to try and top this one. Like, are they going to, like, is this next demon going to be responsible yeah. for, like, World War II or something? <laughs> which actually there's a yeah. reference there's a reference to that in this because isn't there like a mm. quick scene where russell crowe remembers being in world war Two? yeah uh I, I i forget exactly what the point of it was but it did um remind me a little bit of the you know, uh when we did like the exorcist uh 
prequels and oh yeah yeah definitely you know a very different uh yeah uh a type of uh, approach uh i suppose but like it wasn't you know so heavy-handed and important uh, as it was in those movies but yeah having like a a priest flashback to his time in the war kind of reminded me of that mm. yeah it's much like crow's mouth but the opens all white and that stupid annoying crappy yeah. cheesy way that i don't like <clears throat> i'll mention that um i was actually thinking as i was watching this that like is there anything in this other than the fact that they don't mention events from the exorcist mm. is there anything in this that makes this less of a potential if you called this the new exorcist movie if you said this is the exorcist <laughs> you know five or four or mm. whatever we're on um like would it feel more or less like an exorcist movie than the one that's actually coming out in october like, the one that's coming out in October may have Tribula Bells playing at some point, and maybe that's what makes it feel like an Exorcist movie. But that looks yeah. like a generic exorcism movie. Um, and the sad mm. part is, is that I feel like every exorcism movie takes enough from The Exorcist that it doesn't really feel mm. like there's... I don't know. Like, as a, as a sub-genre, it's kind of stale to me as a whole. Yeah, it really does need something to, you know, like, shake it up. Um yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of tough, yeah, because I, I don't really know what you would do to, uh, yeah, you know, do something different. Um, I mean, I guess that's one kind of halfway gets there with all this, this stuff about, like, sure, oh, the demons yeah. get a plan to take over the church and he's responsible for the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'll definitely give it credit. Like, I, you know, had much more fun watching this than I did probably, like, whatever the last, like, you know, five years of uh, possession movies uh, have been. Um, That's probably true. Unless you count Evil Dead movies, which are technically kind of possession, but they're not the same. Yeah, like uh, like when I think of like, maybe uh, exorcism movies is, is a better way to, to call it. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah there, there is a lot of horror that involves possession that's not like, you know, exorcist movies. Like, you know, um, playtime like people are like you're know, being haunted or have spirits in them or something but uh yeah like the more in line of the you know uh getting a priest uh, you know in to exercise a demon from like a someone's you know body or whatever that yeah the most of them just uh, are so generic or boring or yeah just can't hold a candle to you know the exorcist that uh yeah it's not definitely not my favorite uh subgenre but Hey, maybe maybe someone's out there that has a really good idea that could uh, you know, breathe some life into it, uh, and maybe we'll find out, you know, in October when uh, David Gordon Green, maybe he's the one to uh, to do it. Yeah, that trailer uh, looks we'll like see. shit though, so I'm not ho hoping much. Uh, <laughs> I liked it a little bit better than you, but I also <laughs> don't really have <laughs> much hope. Uh, but mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll apparently, see. I, I think he said that's part. It's part of a new trilogy, which is <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, people, I they, uh, I, I feel like it has to be more organic than that. Like, if you want to keep that in the back of your mind, like that's fine, but don't announce it like so far ahead. You know? Yes, yes. There's no, there's nothing more depressing and kind of embarrassing than mm. seeing the first movie and what's clearly supposed to be the start of a trilogy. But it's not going to get its sequels. Now, admittedly, the budget of an Exorcist movie is probably not that high, meaning that it doesn't yeah. have to be that successful for it to get sequels. But yeah, it's like, weren't, like weren't they supposed to do like a new trilogy of uh, Strangers movies? Was that it? With uh, like Rennie Harlan was supposed to do one or something? I don't know if that's still a thing. Yeah, I think it's still a thing because <laughs> that wasn't that long ago they, they announced that. Yeah. 
It's weird. So, <laughs> I think that's still a thing that's happening, yeah. I'm not um, against it. Uh, I do like Rennie Harlan, but... <laughs> yeah, I'll, it's, it's kind of interesting. I like a couple of Rennie Harlan films. I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan of Rennie Harlan overall, but he, you know, he did a decent Die Hard sequel. He did a decent mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street sequel. He did... He, Deep Blue Sea? He, yeah, actually, you know what? He does. He's did the best shark movie that's not Jaws. <laughs> that's that's. Yeah. In fact, I think shark movies and exorcism movies are kind of similar. And the Exorcist and Jaws are so definitive mm. in like the genre they created that mm. it's hard to have ones that are worthwhile after that. There's a few, but I would say the success rate is quite similar in both cases. Although, admittedly, I think I can enjoy more bad shark movies than I can bad exorcist movies. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's just out of taste. No, I, I definitely feel that. Yeah. 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 Well, at, at, very, at the very least, with a shark movie, at least you're going to have some, like, atmosphere with, like, you know, being on the water and the boats and stuff, uh, which is just inherently a little more interesting than, like, a kid's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a bad an exorcist movie. Plus, I think with the, the shark, you kind of—it's almost like a game of lava, kind of like Tremors, where like, oh, we can't fall <laughs> in the water because the shark will get us, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Anywho, anywho, I, I guess we're ready to rate the Pope's Exorcist, mm. Tim. If you've if you've got a, a number in mind, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, it is a tough one uh, to rate because uh, there's a lot going into it, you know. Um, you know, because sometimes like, you know, watch a movie and it's just like, it's easy to see like, oh, this is good or this is bad. This is like a mix of, there are parts of it that are genuinely good, there are parts of it that are bad, and then there are parts that are so bad that it's really good. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I think this is a tougher one to rate. Um, so, I, th- I think I'm going to go my enjoyment of it was a uh, pretty high I, I did have a decent amount of fun uh but there's very obvious flaws and like we said like yeah i wouldn't put this into like you know masterful filmmaking or, or anything at any point um but i'm not gonna go like super super low because i think you know at the end of the day uh while all the funny stuff wasn't probably uh, intentional i do feel like at the end of the day the movie did know you know what it wanted to be and what it delivered and uh and it did deliver for me so i think i'm gonna give it a a six which i think is a pretty good score for you know this kind of movie uh that i wasn't really uh expecting much out of um but yeah uh and especially like you said you know it's on netflix uh now so you know it's very easy to find and watch and uh, i'm assuming yeah people are probably kind of rediscovering it like because uh, you know I, I heard like some like you know like there's like the film Twitter people and stuff that were talking about it when it came out, but I don't think it was like a huge thing, but I've definitely seen more people talking about it uh, in the last couple of weeks, I think since uh, it's on Netflix now. So uh, yeah, maybe give it some uh, attention or check it out. If uh, you know, you, you, if you haven't seen it yet, if you watched all the way to the end of this review and still haven't seen it. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah. This is tough because it is like you say, it bounces between kind of good bad in a bland way and then so bad that it's really good <laughs> and i think <laughs> i think the biggest fault is that it felt you know it, it feels like it needs to have this really generic possession part at its core where it's you know a kid in the bed saying things like the exorcist doing a lot of the exorcist style things around the bed and the sort of things that they're saying um and if i've got hope for the sequel i would say lean into the character and his sense of humor lean into the mythology mm-hmm. and how crazy it is lean into all that stuff turn this into like a war for 
you know, good versus <laughs> evil with like, you know, uh, have more than one demon, maybe even, you know, yeah, cut. <laughs> Call it the Pope's exorcists. Do that aliens thing. Just add an, just add an S at the end. There's two of yeah. them now, after all. Get like more like weapons and gadgets. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I forget what they what he used to explode the girl. Like I think it was a coin or something. But it, it was like a medallion thing he, he wore. I think. Yeah, but like yeah, like more of that. Like yeah, have like whatever like ha- have like Catholic a- weapons. <laughs> have like a holy water gun or something <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. um but not just like a super soaker like get like have something that looks kind of mm. biblical but just squirts water yeah <laughs> um yeah so yeah rain's tough like i kind of like get the six i kind of understand mm. that i almost want to agree with it but at the same time i'm like it's also kind of all over the place mm. uh so i think i'm going to go with a straight five instead but it's like a five with an asterisk of like there's enough reasons to actually watch it still and yeah. you'll get something out of it maybe but it's definitely you know back and forward a bit so uh like th- i definitely had more entertainment from it though than i was expecting so you know what yeah credit where credit's due no no i mean that's fair like yeah the yeah i, I think like in terms of maybe like filmmaking or something, I would say it's probably more of a five, and then but then it just the enjoyment factor just pushes it over the edge a little bit uh, for me. The thing is though, knowing that this is the guy who made Overlord, like like mm-hmm. it makes more sense. Like I feel like he was given this premise, and I feel I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the crazier visuals of like the exploding blood woman and stuff like that, <laughs> if that was him who was like, no, no, I, yeah. I I need more crazy shit in this. I want more like mm-hmm. wacky stuff. I could see that being his influence. And that is part of what elevates it. So, you know, like, I think it is partly the talent of the filmmaker behind it. So if he's back for the sequel and he's given more free reign to go crazier, then the sequel could be something <laughs> special in a really sort of, you know, wacky way. So... Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but that is The Pope's Exorcist. So let us know what you thought of the comments and all that stuff. Uh, like, subscribe, all that jazz, all the usual things helps us out. And of course, you can support the show and the content by going over to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us over there. Uh, there's a backlog of bonus episodes and our other bonus show, even more streams, where we just talk about the movies that we've been watching. Um, and those have been on pause for about a year because of Tim's paternity leave, but they should probably be back in the, the relative near future. We're kind of hoping October or so will be uh, when they come back into it. But... Uh, um go go have a look see but that is the show that is screams after midnight um and this will be the final episode before the october thon so uh brace yourselves for october <laughs> um we have several movies planned most of them honestly look quite bad but we're going to, we're going to, look, look, the new Exorcist movie looks bad. Saw 10 is not going to be good. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> right. Uh, we don't have to see a hunting in venice do we no 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 i'm drawing the line okay woof. i think I... it's a sequel to a non-horror franchise the fact that this one dips into horror is not enough for us to do it I'm, I'm, okay I'm, I'm drawing the line uh, unless someone pays us of course which is <laughs> oh yeah if someone pays a a, a lo- large amount of money because they really want to see us do a merchant of or a hunt in venice <laughs> not a merchant of venice that's very different um yeah anyway yes all right, well, that's the show then. Thank you very much. Keep watching scary movies, and we'll see you next time. Ciao.